Hello, hello, everybody. This is DKB Wise from the DKB Wise Motivation Show, and I am here for a episode of Chats with B Wise. And today, I have the very special pleasure of interviewing a Memphis legend behind the scenes. <laughs> Man, stop behind that. The scenes, behind the scenes. Terrence, a TV photographer for the Action News 5. And so, Terrence, I'm going to because right now in Memphis, we are literally under an ice storm. So I really appreciate you for still taking the time to do this with me on this eventful Memphis night. And so my first question is, who is Terrence? So basically, get to him a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, inviting me along and uh, even though I had to kind of, kind of pull your, pull your chain a little bit to, to kind of make you invite me, but it's all good, Brendan. Oh. You know, I, I, I see how you're looking <laughs> really? out for those that looked out for you, man. You know, I appreciate really? that. Um, <laughs> but who is Terrence, man? Terrence is, is this laid-back kid from Mississippi, uh, a descendant of, uh, of sharecroppers who um, have always had to work, work hard. That's, that's always done for generations. Uh, and Terrence is a guy that just like to kind of kind of relax and laugh a little bit man life is life is definitely short uh but terrence is a guy that's made some great friends along the way and uh, just wants to continue to do that i promise you you said laugh because you know when i first started this internship i was like who is this guy always making these jokes and of course it was you <laughs> you gotta keep you gotta keep a couple of jokes in your back pocket too many jokes for me hey this, uh, this is a, now brendan you're gonna laugh at this but this is a true story I literally once stopped talking to a girl because she didn't laugh at my jokes. Um, okay, so girls, for all the ladies out there, make you know to laugh when you're around. Tennis, laugh right? at my jokes, and that's all I got to say about that. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> and another thing I would say is you also, as you said on Facebook one day, you um, you uh, you work out and you sweat and look mean when you're at the gym on. Instagram. You have to, yeah, you have to, and on Instagram live. Okay, so that's another for y'all to know as well. Just have to put that out there. And so another question. When you were younger, did you ever see yourself becoming a TV news photographer? Uh, when I was really young, no. I I, I think that that's where a lot of uh I don't I don't wanna just I don't wanna specify young black guys, but I think that's where a lot of people go wrong initially. Uh is that it's kinda hard to have that direction of knowing what you want to do because most most of us we want to be athletes or some kind of a grand thing that we see um so for me i, I think starting off you know very very early on I, outside of maybe being a pro wrestler or an athlete i didn't really know what i wanted to do um then some somewhere along the way i think i, I had a small spell i wanted to be a video game developer because these are just things that i did or i partook in uh, and then I had a very, very brief moment of wanting to be an engineer, but I hate calculus. I hate math. So that didn't last right. very long. And, um, <laughs> shout out to my, my English teacher, uh, who became my baseball coach, who became a lifelong friend, uh, Lance Jones. He, we were debating sports. I think he may have overheard me debating sports one day. And, uh, he was like, Hey man, you should, uh, you should consider, uh, you know, maybe writing for a magazine or something because he, he read a lot of sports magazines. He's like, I think you're really good at talking about sports. Uh, so I started out writing news articles uh, for the new, local newspaper, just writing up my own stuff. I didn't really do a blog, but I would just write it and send it to people, let them read it. They all loved it. Um, mm. So that, that's that's where the, uh, the 
that's where the desire to get into journalism started. I still had no no concept of news. Uh, we didn't have. I wasn't very fortunate as as far as where I went to school. So if I get on if I get on the soapbox, just just tell me to shut the hell up. It's okay. Um, but I uh, we didn't have anything related to journalism in school. Mm. Uh, so I didn't I didn't have a real concept of what journalism was. I, I didn't have any concept of video or TV or any of that. Uh, I got into this because I wanted to be a newspaper sports writer. I wanted to be a, a columnist. I wanted to be a Stephen A. Smith or Jamel Hill, uh, mm. you know, somewhere along those lines, and then eventually work my way into TV. But what happened was I don't know why, I don't know how or why, but somehow I knew that print media and broadcast media were somehow aligning. And some kind of way, 17-year-old Terrence knew it would be better for me to go into broadcasting than it would be to print. I don't know. Nobody told me that. I didn't have a conversation with anybody. This was just me literally kind of just scoping the, the landscape and seeing a lot of print people, uh, like some of the people I just named, uh, work their way into TV. So I knew I would need both skill sets. And I felt like I had enough of the print skill set, which I do. I can write with the best of them, Brendan. Don't, don't let anybody tell you anything different either. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I knew I would need more of the broadcast skill set because I felt like that was harder to learn. So that's how I got into TV news. That's how I, that's how my journey into TV news really got its official start. Okay, uh, so basically my, you my answered, coach, yeah, my, so yeah, my coach whispering in my ear. Okay, what's the second well, question? Was, was the question I was going to ask was why did you want to get into the TV news industry? So you basically said thanks to your coach. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, lifelong friend, man. Uh, you know, we, we haven't spoken in a while, but when we speak, it's always love. And he uh, he was actually a young guy. He was a very young teacher coach. Uh, he was probably in his mid-20s when he was working at our school, which would make him about 40 now. So I got to call him and <laughs> I got to yeah, call him and see how out. old age is treating him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you getting that too. Hey, we ain't going to talk about that. I'm 25, <laughs> but uh, but no, man, he, yeah. he put that into my ear and it gave me direction. And what I was what I was trying to say was a lot of people never get that direction, so they end up lost. A lot of us think that we have to go to college or we have to do get this kind of a job or that kind of a job, and there's no direction. You have to have some direction and whatever you're doing, some kind of vision. Uh, so mm-hmm. once I once I locked into what I wanted to do, there was nothing else I ever wanted to do after that. Mm. So you seem like you got into it really young, all right? And thanks to your well, coach for that. Yeah, I started. I started writing. I was probably about sixteen when I started. Uh, when I first started doing stuff for the newspaper there, uh, so I would have something come out pretty much every week about basketball games, or I would actually go and interview some of the players, interview the coach, which was frightening to a sixteen-year-old uh, going up to the coach and was like, "Hey, man, can I, you know, can I ask you a couple of questions to put in the paper?" And he's just like, <sighs> you know, breathing sigh. Uh, but he was uh, he was he was cool with it. He actually kind of embraced it. I would uh, always go get the stat book and kind of look through it. And he was very he was very helpful, man. Uh, uh, so shout out to coach uh, coach Jesse Terry, still out there in national. He's not coaching anymore, but he's still out there doing his thing. And uh, you know he kind of helped me kind of be able to break the ice, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, and I would say that kind of reminds me of when I started. Like my high school didn't even have a broadcast program or anything like that either yeah but yeah. i something that they wanted to start doing journalism in my senior year so i literally went to our basketball our athletic director guy and i said hey can i start interviewing the players at the games and that's how i started with my career I, you know i would yeah. do these little interviews on youtube and just literally i got to go to the game another thing i got to go to the games for free 
and I'll go right. interview the students and the coach. And so that's yeah. how I kind of got my start my senior year as well. Now, another question I have for you is, is this your first job in the news industry? Well, technically, it's my second job, but it is my first station. Uh, when I first started at Channel 5 five years ago, five, five years ago, I uh, I was a uh, production. Wow. I started off as production, which, you know, those jobs are pretty much non-existent in most stations now. Uh, but I was, it gave me an opportunity to get in, get my foot in the door, um, just learn some things, uh, re- refine my editing, because you have to keep in mind that I was, what a lot of folks don't know is that I was in between college and my first actual job was about a four-year span. Um, so I, all the skills that I had of editing or writing and, and everything else had to be kind of refined a little bit. So getting in, going into production first gave me an opportunity to um, refine those skills and to just kind of um, just get a real feel for news again. And, I, and I'm grateful that I got that opportunity and then just go right into being a photog because I would have been so totally lost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, so technically my second job, uh, but my first, my first station. Absolutely. And, and let me tell you, Brendan, I don't think there'll be a second station. So <laughs> I don't know but if those are next question or not. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, my next question was why specifically Memphis instead of uh, getting a job at a, at a smaller station? Uh, well, I, I applied to smaller stations when I first got out. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my broadcast teachers, said that most of us wouldn't even get an interview. Some of us, uh, it would take years before we got into the business. And he wasn't wrong. The problem with that is, Brendan, right out of college, because uh, I actually finished up in August, technically. I I, grad- I walked in May, but I had to do June and July summer classes because, you know, Terrence wasn't always a good student. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I technically, yeah. I finished up in August. And I had interviews, man, late August, September. Uh, I had interviews that I had one in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, I had one in, in um, here at the local 24 station, which that was before they moved into their new building. And um, and the one in Jackson hired me, technically. Mm. Uh, the problem was they wanted me to have my driving record switched over to Tennessee. I didn't have an issue with that. The problem was I sent out for my driving records to Jackson, Mississippi, and it just took them about four weeks to... Uh, to get those driving records back, so I got them back, and I immediately called. Uh, I called them from my from my den job, which was a local grocery store, which I worked there way too long. We don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I so, did I work at a grocery store, so hey, you know, fun times. You fun gotta times. do. Taught me how to be an employee. <laughs> uh, but I um, so I called him from the store, and I was like, "Hey, man, I have my driving records." He's like, "Okay," and that was the last time we talked. So wow. from that from that point on, up until I got the call from Brent. Um, here at five, it was a four-year span. I didn't get an email. I didn't get a phone call. Nobody asked for my resume tape. Nobody, barely, people barely responded to my emails. I applied here to Channel Five. The, the then general, I'm the then ops manager, didn't even reply to me. I still have that letter saved on my laptop. I go back and check it out every once in a while. Um, wow. But yeah, man. So it was a four-year span. That really, in between, even even anything significant between emails, phone calls, or just anybody taking me seriously. Wow. Uh, so I had to, um, so I did apply to a smaller station. Um, and I mean, I'm glad I'm in hindsight, Brendan, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Uh, because yeah. the job I'm doing now is the same job that I would have gotten hired for there. I would have liked to have gotten my career started earlier, but I would never ask anybody to do this for $9.62 an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oof. That's how much I would have been making. Wow. 
I mean, you know, so that so it worked. As you said, it worked out in your favor because you was able. It worked out in my favor, man. A little I, more money. I have yeah. worked, Brendan. I have worked so many. People see me with this camera, and they think that <laughs> oh, that's all he does. He's just a camera guy. Listen, I have worked in warehouses. I have worked. In, I've worked in shipping places. I've worked. Uh, I've worked in, in grocery stores. I worked in, in in just general retail stores. I've done outside sales. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot that I have not done. A whole lot of skills that I don't have. I can drive a forklift. I can. I, there's there's not a box in a warehouse I can't pick up. Oh wow! So, so it's uh, like you kind of went through the same thing I went through. Cause I mean, as I, I've worked at warehouses, Kroger. And even recently, call centers and yeah, I've just about done it all, man. Yeah, I've just about done it all. And so you like uh, the camera better than those, right? Pros and cons to everything. Uh, every job I've gone to, Brendan, I meet people that I, I I consider lifelong friends. I consider lifelong uh, people that I can always go to, even I just have to go to them for a laugh. And every stop, every stop I had made me better. So I, I don't really want to compare them because, like I said, there's pros and cons to everything. And we'll talk about some of the cons of this one, I'm sure, in a, in a few minutes. Yep. Uh, sure but there's, <laughs> but there's, there's pros and cons to everything. And sometimes the pros to this one are better than anything I've had. The pay is definitely better, which that's not really saying a whole lot. But the cons, sometimes the cons to this job, man, made me want to leave and never come back. And that's just the truth. I remember those days, but we ain't even going to get into all of that right now. But um, now another question, why did you choose a job behind the camera? And not in front of the camera. Uh, uh, Brendan, I learned a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me let me tell a story about this one. <laughs> uh, back in high school, there was this guy, uh, Doug, and I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't, I think it's safe to call Doug's name. And some of my, some of my classmates might listen to this and get a kick out of it because uh, some of them might not remember it or you know just nostalgia. But there was this guy, Doug. Doug was a very big white guy. Uh, he wasn't a bully. He didn't. He didn't really bother anybody, but it's it's Mississippi, big white guy, you know. Yeah. Right. But Doug was cool with me. So we're outside playing basketball one day. It's a lot of us out there. Now, at this time, you know, uh, 17-year-old Terrence had, had you know, braids. Uh, dark skin <laughs> guy braids. There's about three of me out there, literally. There's, there's two or three more guys, dark skin, about the same height, maybe a little bit shorter, a little bit taller, give or take, braids. All right? So one of these guys is saying some bad things to Doug. He's telling Doug to, to basically to, to shut the F up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cuss on your podcast, Brandon. <laughs> but uh he's telling yeah. Doug to shut the F up. Now he tells him this two or three times and Doug Doug tells him, hey, don't say that again. So we go on and um, we play a little more basketball and Doug has this very, very awkward shot where he shoots in a straight line. And if he hits the backboard at the right angle, it'll go in. Otherwise it's gonna hit the backboard and almost break it. So Doug shoots his shot, hits the backboard, almost break it. And he's he says something like, dang, just out of frustration. This guy tells him, ha, 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 Doug, shut the F up. And, uh, and uh, Doug tells him, uh, I got something for you, N-word. So he reaches in his in his backpack, and he pulls out a gun. And oh. uh, where was I? Now, you got to ask me, where was I standing? Where was I standing, Brendan? I was standing behind Doug, and I pointed him out. Because, see, if I start running now, I'm too late. Right, and by the back yeah. of my head, all he's going to see is one of those black guys with braids, and he might think I'm him. And those guys were all fast to me because I've never been really been a fast person. Uh, so I didn't want to run at that time. I couldn't run, but Doug and I was cool. So I, where did I stand? I stood behind Doug, and that was when I learned that the safest place in life is always behind the shooter. 
So that I, I take that into my to my work. The safest place, Brendan, is always behind the shooter, behind the camera. Mm. Okay. Don't have to worry about this. That's interesting. I, I made that work. I made that work. <laughs> yeah, you did. Congratulations to you for that. Thank you, man. Thank you. I always have an analogy. I'm a very okay. analogous person. Yeah. And then uh, another question: the Memphis TV market is a is in the top sixty market. How was mm-hmm. it like being a black photographer in Memphis? Man, it's rough. It's not. It's not. First of all, we were we were top fifty at one point. Are we down to sixty? Well, I guess put top sixty because I didn't recently. You know, I haven't really recently checked. So yeah, we, we top, use, yeah, we usually four to nine, fifty, fifty-one somewhere in there. We kind of battle with New Orleans, I think, for uh, fifty, fifty-one, four to nine somewhere in there. But anyway, to answer your question, it's rough, Brendan. It's not. It's not easy. Um, Memphis is cheap, first of all. So you're gonna walk into this thing not making the money that you should be making. Um, and you're going to walk into it having to deal with a lot of egos. This job can be very, very, very rewarding. You get to meet a lot of good people, see a lot of cool things. Um, but I'll be honest, Brendan, as far as making a living, for me, it hasn't been that pleasant. Uh, now, for others, people that started in the, 90, in the 90s, early 2000s, they might have a totally different experience. You know, they, they can... They can for the most part, I guess they're doing better than I am. I don't want to speak on anybody else's pay. That's just that's just numero uno for me, is that it's not always the best pay. And you have to deal with a lot of egos. Uh, I love all the reporters I've ever worked with. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bash any of them. But to do what they do, you kind of have to have a little bit of an ego. And sometimes, you know, you have the you have your, your bosses, your news directors, you have your assistant news directors, your EPs, your producers, and your reporters, and all of that baggage a lot of times get passed down to you as the photog at the end of the day you've got to I don't care if you get this script 10 minutes before 15 minutes before or 2 hours before they expect for it to be in on time so a lot of times all those pressures uh, of just having to make deadlines is, is, is enough alone to stress a person out not only that I've, there's not a neighborhood in Memphis that I haven't been to there's not a street that I probably I don't want to say a street but there's not an area that I can't tell you that I've seen some of the worst atrocities I've seen um, I've had to knock on doors and, and some of the places that you that people shouldn't be going to mm-hmm. um, so that, that that's another part of it but but the worst part of it to me Brendan it's not even the, the inclement weather which we know we're, we're going through that right now possibly another uh, ice storm which the previous big ice storm was 27 years ago today were you born then Brendan? No, no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the worst part of it, though, Brendan, is that you know when when you really break it all down, all of us are getting paid off of black trauma, right? Like we cover all these homicides all the time. Um, most of the times, Brendan, there's somebody that looks like me that's laid in the street. Yeah. Uh, we cover right now. We're covering the, the disparities of of black people in the city, which is a mainly black city, by the way. Uh, having hard times getting COVID vaccines and getting the second vaccine. Meanwhile, I think almost 70% of the vaccines that's been given out have been given out to white people. What, what, what does that make sense? You know, <laughs> for some reason, we always end up on the wrong side of these numbers. And I, I never think it's a coincidence. So that, that's, that's just the biggest part of it, Brendan, and, and is that we are, I get paid because of black trauma. Everybody here gets paid because of black trauma. And as a photog, as a person that goes up there and sees this trauma, sometimes way, way too closely, um, 
it's bothersome, man. It's, it's really bothersome. I've had nights where I've gone home and I've done done everything in my power to hold back tears. Uh, and the bad and the bad part about all that, Brendan, I do this on a Wednesday night. I have to get my ass up on Thursday and do it all over again. Wow. And and there's there's never any there's never any any real deal situations of hey, are you okay? You know, people might people might say they might say some stuff like oh, be careful, or um, or they might say oh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, they might say some stuff like oh, good job. But at the end of the day, Brendan. I'm pretty sure I'm going to wake up 15, 20 years from now, maybe not even that far, and have some of the worst cases of PTSD. Um, one of my worst days at work, man, I I was at home, as a matter of fact, and I got a call saying that, um, hey, there's been a bus accident at your at, at a school in your town, at, at elementary school. Hey, go check it out for me. Now, Brendan, I'm from a small town. Let's, let's, let me establish that, too. Small town. Um, uh, so everybody knows everybody, literally. And most of the people there I'm related to. So I go up to this thing, to this, to this accident, knowing that one, somebody's died. Knowing that two, more than likely the kid that died, I know. And more than likely, in some kind of way, I'm going to be related to him or somebody somebody in the area. Um, I didn't know who it was. I just knew that somebody died and that I will more than likely be related to him. This is, this is just a small town life. So I get there set my camera up and the first thing I see are some close family members of mine to the side of the road crying mm. because there it was one of their relatives that passed away and in a, in a, in a, they collided into a bus um, from the best of my knowledge the sunlight got into the kid's eye he couldn't see the sun he couldn't see the bus and the bus was just there and they anyway I don't want to get the details but the point is um, I had to see family members of mine breaking down at a scene that I'm supposed to be working and it's just a lot, there's a lot of unfairness to it, a lot of unfairness. Um, wow. Yeah, and of course, you know, and you know the, the, the breaking news scenario that you and I had to go to that night. We're going to get it. We, we were going to get into okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, just, just answer your question. Yeah. Answer your question, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's rough being a photographer because um, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a black man and, it, and it's hard mm-hmm. to see some of the things that go on in the city. Now, now, yes. What is the most challenging part of your job? I, I I think that really to me, um, it varies, man. It just depends on what's going on, honestly. But a lot of times, especially at night, when you go to a scene and if it's a if it's a shooting or something like that, man, you are automatically um automatically the punching bag. You're the punching bag for for the civilians that are out there and, and they've lost a loved one. Um uh, and you know they're they, they're looking for somebody to blame. Where well, they can't blame the police, you know what they're going to do? Run up on the cops. I've seen that happen a few times. But so a lot of times you show up with your camera and and listen. I don't want to get video of this. Like I don't want to be here, but it's my job. And if you just allow me five minutes, I want to shoot my video and I'm going to leave. But a lot of the times they get there and it's a problem. I remember one night I was I was off work actually. I think I had taken off that night. But I was I have a bad habit of working when I'm not working. So I was going through the emails. And one of our photographers went to a shooting scene and literally almost got jumped at the shooting scene by like 20 people. He had mm. to kind of maneuver his way out and the police eventually came to break it up. The, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times we are always hated. The previous president didn't help that at all by always spewing fake news and, and the, the, the liberal media and whatever else he, the crap he was saying. Uh, didn't make it easy for me. Didn't make it easy for anybody that, that, that does his job and 
it's already not easy. And then a lot of times, honestly, Brendan, the police are not, not as friendly as they should be. And again, I don't yeah. want to be here. I'm here because I have to be. I'm not I'm, I'm not asking you for information. I'm not trying to to be uh, an investigator. I'm, I literally just want to shoot my video and leave. So sometimes they make it a little more difficult too. So you end up, a lot of times you end up being the, the, the public enemy of everybody because everybody, the media is, is easy to hate. The enemy. Yeah, they, they say the we're, we're easy to hate. Yeah, so you know, it. I mean, to me, a lot of times, that's the that is one of the worst parts of the job. But Brendan, I'll be honest, the absolute worst part of the job is when I have to be at a scene and I have to hear, um, have to hear that mom crying for a son. Man, that those echoes, those screeches, those screams, you don't you don't lose those. You don't lose yes. those. Those, wow. those stick in your head. Wow. And now. What's the most rewarding part of your job? The most rewarding part is definitely when you can put a story together that helps somebody out, uh, put a story together that, that makes a difference in somebody's life. Um, you know, whether it's somebody needing help with a situation, you know, it might be just, just an example. There might be a situation where somebody um, needs a, 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 a certain amount of money raised for a, a kidney transplant or, you know, uh, or to get a new car. And you, you know, you put this story together and you're not, you know, you're not those things. I'm not doing for credit. I would, I would do it for free if I could. Mm. Um, but to me, those are the best because you made a difference in somebody's life. Mm. Or if you do a story on something and they, you know, somebody may have, may have killed a loved one and you do a story on it and it helps them find out who did it and they, they make the arrest. Those are the most rewarding parts, man. Those are the things that I. I, I come here every day for, even though we're not really doing a whole lot of it now because coronavirus has kind of put a halt to real storytelling, in my opinion. Um, but those are the things that I get up for, man. Those are the things that I, I like to do. So to me, those are the most rewarding parts. So the positive stories and the ones that makes changes in people's lives and stuff yeah, like yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely the positive, definitely the positive stories. Uh, and 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 in the time that we can just. We can just illustrate something, especially if it's dealing with kids. We can illustrate something positive dealing with the youth because the future is everything. Mm-hmm. The future is everything. If we don't start working on the future now, we won't have one. Hmm. That's true. Now, what's one of the hardest stories you've covered? Mm. Uh, one of the hardest ones, that is, and this just recently popped into my head, Um there was a situation, I guess it was, it's been about two years now. I have to look it up to be sure. But um, it was a domestic violence situation. And uh, this guy um, killed his, I guess they were girlfriend and boyfriend. Uh, but she had three kids. One of the, one of the kids was uh, like seven, eight years old. And uh, so we, I covered, I along with, uh, with Joyce covered the vigil for that. And, um, yeah, so the family, of course, they talked a little bit, but the, uh, the the thing that killed me was the little girl, the baby girl talked, mm. and uh, she literally snatched the mic out of Joyce's hand, and um, and she basically just said she uh, she wanted her mom back or something along those lines, and I remember going home that night, and I it took everything in me, I mean every every fiber of masculinity in me to uh, not boohoo all the way home. I think I may have you know shed a couple of couple of quick tears <laughs> but uh yeah. you know i kind of held it together but it was it's rough man it, it is a it is a rough cold world out there and uh to hear her you know basically uh 
you know, just say she wants her mom back, knowing that the rest of her life her mom won't be here physically. Um, and it's just rough. It's rough. It's so that's just one that sticks out. This one that sticks out. The the good and bad thing about this, Brendan, is that so many times you forget about things that you may forget. I don't know what I did yesterday at this point, or you know, the day before that. Uh, but that's what I meant by the PTSD. I think that at some point, ten years from now, these things are all going to come back to me, uh, and it's just it's the, the mental block that you have in place kind of go away. That's wow. that that I'm worried about for myself. I can't speak for everybody. I know there are some people out there who've seen way worse than I've seen. Uh, yeah. My buddy Chris Hennig, he 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 he, you know, can tell you some stuff that would definitely make you never want to do this. You know, a lot of the overnight guys see the worst things. So, uh, so I, I'm not just worried about me. I'm worried about a lot of us, man. Uh, this, you know, especially in, in this climate and this in this city and this atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what you know what down the road looks like for us if if we're not able to keep it together. You kind of have to have a thick skin in this industry, right? Oh, there's no kind of in it. There's no kind of in it. Uh, you're gonna to make mistakes. Yeah, you're gonna make mistakes. People are going to yell at you. Won't be a whole <laughs> lot of yelling. Let me just clear. Let me just clarify that they might come down on you. It won't be a whole lot of yelling at Terrence, but um, <laughs> but uh, people yeah. people will come down on you, and they'll make you feel bad about you know one simple mistake you may have made. Um, I remember when I when I first started, uh, people always had bad. I I was literally months into it, babe. Maybe even that, even even that far. Maybe not even that far. And, you know, you hear rumblings and people are saying, oh, Terrence can't do this. He can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, honestly, Brendan, I, like I said, I've worked a lot of jobs. I've been a lot of different places. This is the only place that I've been to that it seemed to me at one point here, people rooted for your failure. Mm. And if you don't have thick skin, you just simply don't make it. And especially mm-hmm. after I became a photog, uh, because this ain't easy. You know, you got to work fast. You got to be diligent. You got to be, gotta be precise. And you got to deal with some egos, and yeah. you got to do a lot of driving. And it's just a lot to it. You got a lot, a whole lot of equipment to keep up with, which is also a very hard part of the job. Um, and I had some very, very rough, very humbling beginnings, which is is is, is expected because it's not an easy job. And this was my first time officially doing the job. Mm. Uh, so you hear a lot of rumors and just a lot of people that that very very much aren't helpful. Which is why, and you can you can probably attest to this. If, if you come in that building, and you t- if you come to me and you say, "Hey, I need help with something. I want to break my neck, not literally, because mm-hmm. I need my neck uh, <laughs> to try it to, to try and help you any way I can." Yeah. It's just me. I, I appreciate being able to help people, uh, and I appreciate people coming to me for help because I, I I've been that person that needed help before, and a lot of times I didn't get it. I just had to figure it out, and that's. Exactly. Yeah, that's just it's, it's not how it should be, but it's how it was. Mm. Okay, and so what? Now, what was one of the best stories you've covered? One of the best ones, um, Kelly and I were we were doing a story one day on the new Raleigh Springs um, shopping center. I think is what it's what they're calling it—a shopping center, not a mall. And. Um, with the skate park and everything, you know, the police department is over there. I think mm-hmm. they, they moved the, uh, the traffic division over there, which was right across from us. Uh, so we, we were doing a story on that. So we go to this nail salon and we talk to this guy who owns the nail salon. And he's like, hey, you know, y'all should do a story on me. It's like, all right, brother, tell us what you got. Because we're always looking for a story. He's like, look, I have my own farm. I raise everything from chickens to to, to I, I, grow, uh, I grow my own food. 
Um, mm. And he's like, and he's like, I, I even, I even raised bees because the world needs honey. And I'm looking at Kelly, and Kelly is looking at me, and I'm like, this dude is, is lying through his teeth, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bee. I own this nail salon, but this is just, what, you know, this is just my business. But my, you know, what I really do is I have, I've got a farm at home. So we set it up, and sure enough, this man had a nice farm right there. I mean, he grew, he grew cabbages, and 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 I think he had. Oh, he had so much stuff out there, man. So we did the story on him, and it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, I got a little bit too close to the bees, but they didn't bother me. I didn't even have a bee suit on. There's a picture out there for me floating around somewhere of me, uh, <laughs> of me kind of close to the bees. But it was probably the, I would say it's probably my best story since I was since I've been here at WMC for sure. But it's, just, the, it's just the way it all, just the way it all came out. Um, and uh, just the way we kind of, you know, we kind of had to, it was a day turn. We didn't get, we didn't get a two day turn on this. We had to go out and do everything and, and, and get it in, you know, quickly. And, uh, oh, wow. Man, it was, it was, it was just uh, some very, very beautiful storytelling by Kelly. And I did my best to, um, to try to di- display, you know, the, the great writing she put together. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, me and the bees. I wouldn't have been able to get that close. Oh, no, Brenda, Brenda we, not only that, we would have had to carry you out of there. Now, that's what I was getting to in this next question right there, because, look, I've been embarrassed myself, and Terrence probably going to get a laugh. Now, during my internship and being out covering stores with you, man, it was fun, funny, and very informative and shocking. You saw me duck and dodge and walk, and I believe some bees, too, that literally kept, if, as you remember, they kept swooping right down by my Brenda, face. Brendan, 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 I'm not about to let you lie to your audience. That wasp was nowhere near you. Yes, it was. That it was wasp literally. Was a... <laughs> it, was, it was two of them, and they kept coming down by my face. That thing well, was almost Brandon in was in almost in it. No, no. And you, I, I from it. You, you were out there from the Muhammad Ali because you thought it was close to you. What? It literally was coming by me, and I was—I mean, I was trying to be still, but just in the middle of the interview, it, it was—it was—it was doing too much, and I, you know I don't like those things. And then you also literally—let's see—you literally—you um, remember we got a kick out of that lady literally singing at a community meeting. I don't know if she was singing a national now. I don't know. I don't remember. You remember what I'm talking about? That lady that was—I think this was at that little. Somewhere you you remember that story too, where we was out for I guess a little like community meeting. This woman, she was singing opera style music, and I mean, I, I never saw that before. No meeting for sure, definitely not that type of singing she was doing. And um, you found out I'm about that mace life as well, because I always had my mace with me. And you taught me how to shoot some breaking news stories. But there was one night we went to a shooting scene. And I remember I said, I hear crying and screaming. And you said, that's probably the mother of the victim. Now, that really hit me hard emotionally that night. Now, why was it important for me to go to that scene with you that night? Uh, Brendan, because I, I think that um, a lot of times the, this business gets kind of sugar-coated. Uh, you know, people see what they see on TV. They see the flashing lights. Uh, they see the cool stories we put together. They see our quick little edits and our little dissolves, but they don't really see what we see sometimes. 
So I remember the conversation you and I had a, a while before, and um, it was basically you saying that you wanted to work at night and you wanted to go to all the breaking news. I remember you saying that, and I said, okay. I just kind of fired a question away in my head because I, I I know that to your credit, Brendan, I want I want to commend you. You are a very headstrong person. Uh, nobody can tell you no. Nobody can tell you what you what you're not going to do, and I appreciate that. Yep. I also why I wasn't going to tell you what you couldn't do. But I had mm. to, Brendan, I had to show you what it was like. So I remember this very vividly. We're sitting in NG. Um, Gabe comes over, and Gabe tells me, "Hey, Terrence, uh, got breaking news for you. I need you to go to Raleigh. There's been a motorcycle accident." I said, "Don't say anything else. What backpack am I taking? Let's go, Brendan. Come on, we're going to Raleigh." So we get there, and um, and I remember telling you about the family being on one side of the street. You remember that? I was telling you not to go over there. Don't bother the family. Don't look at yeah. them. Don't make sure you don't point your camera at them. That's just what I do. I don't because again, as like I said earlier, we make our money off black trauma. So the less to me, the less black trauma I can show, the better. And I don't. I typically don't point my camera at family members if I can help it. So you know, didn't do that. Uh, so I I shot my video. And and I, at this point, I'm letting you shoot your video because you wanted to get some practice in shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also knew there was that typically at these scenes, something else pretty significant happens. Uh, so I waited on it, and sure enough, it happens. Uh, I got the, the the noise I was looking for. Uh, so as we're going back down the street, I don't know if you remember asking me, but you asked me, "Hey, what was the noise that I heard? That you heard?" Yeah. And, do you, remember, do you remember what I told you? It's part of the mom. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It was that's what it sounds like when they when they mother screams for her son is this dead on the pavement. Unfortunately, uh, those are the sounds that people don't tell you about. You know, people go through journalism school. They they do all the internships and mm-hmm. and they 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 do their mark their mock news uh, cast in, in school. But this is this is the real life right here. Definitely in the top 50 market, right? Because, you know, you really wouldn't get this type of experience at a small, small, small station in a small town. Yeah, yeah. and I I guess at the end of the day, I I can't really speak to that because I just started at a small station. I was was very fortunate Mm -hmm. to be able to start at this one. But I just know that for me, and listen, I I was here for months, man, before I realized that that's how crucial it was. And I'll never forget my first, my first real deal emotional interview. Uh, it was my first, I think it was my first day working with Jerry Askin, if I'm not mistaken. I have to ask Jerry about this to be sure. But um, we interviewed a, uh, a brother who lost his nephew. His nephew was lost to gun violence. Now, the, the thing about mm. the story is, uh, brother Roger Brown, him and I are still cool to this day. Um, he moved his nephew down here from Detroit. Listen to this now. He moved his nephew down here from Detroit because Detroit is, is we know how people say, you know, this the crime statistics in Detroit are. Uh, so he moved his nephew down here, got him, in, had him in college, uh, but his nephew was killed, gun violence. Mm. And it was a very emotional interview. And and I, and I think, you know, brother Roger, maybe even shed a couple of tears on camera, uh, but he was very receptive. He's a, he's a good dude, man. He, you know, he's always been good to me. Uh, but the point is, that was my first time when I realized that, oh, this is some crucial stuff right here. This is it's it's tough. It's sad. It's it's cold, um, and you know I had to my skin as tough as it was. It had to get a lot tougher because I wasn't yeah. uh, I I wasn't really 
hip to the fans. I was, I was, you know, I was thinking that, you know, we go out and we shoot video and we turn stories. You know, you have to find a way to compartmentalize the sadness and the sadness of people that look just like you. And it's it's not easy. Wow. It's not easy. So when you said that, when you said that you wanted to do breaking news, hey, if you want to do it, if you can do it, by all means do it. But I want mm. I, I wanted to make sure I did my part to make sure that you knew how it really was. Because people, and I appreciate you for that. Your, your yeah. employers aren't going to tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, the people that um, that said the anchor desk is which is which what you see, and they might talk over some vo. You're not going to see that mom crying out there. But if, if mm-hmm. you if you're like me, and you grew up close to your mother, uh, mm. that hurts. Or not just even your mother, but just even even somebody some female presence that took care of you, whether it's a grandmother or some aunties, just a family yeah. friend. That hurts. That you don't you don't you don't get rid of those moments. Uh, and as a as a as a I, and and I want to specify, I am not discrediting the white photographers or Hispanic photographers or Chinese photographers or because mm-hmm. you know, we have them all, yeah. German, Russian, whatever. I'm not I'm not discrediting any other photographer or reporter of any other ethnicity. But the struggles in this city are typically mm-hmm. prevalent towards black people for the most part. Um, mm. And those fall directly on me. And they fall directly on, on a lot of other black photographers here. And it's, sometimes it's just it's just very damn tough to see. It's very damn tough to witness because when that mother comes out there and cries to that about her son, in my head, that's my yeah. mother crying. That's, that's, that's your mom. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't know much about, you know, you, we, we never really talked about family, so yeah. I'm saying something wrong, forgive me. But my point is, that brother on the street could have been me. Wow. It could have been somebody I'm related to. And that's how I that's how I approach it a lot of times, especially some of the toughest things to cover are protests. Those mm. are some of the toughest things to cover because you got to think about it like this. Those people that are out there protesting, Black Lives Matter, you know, all, all that good stuff, they're fighting for me. Mm. They're fighting for me. They're fighting for people that look and 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 think like I do. And if I'm out here one day just minding my business shopping, somehow I get gunned down by a cop, I know that these people out here, they're gonna fight for me. So it's it's hard to go out there and you have to be totally unbiased. You know, you kinda make sure that you are just Getting doing, your job, doing your job. But I won't I won't lie to you, Brendan. I had a moment there uh throughout the uh the George Floyd uh protest movement, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Maud Aubrey this summer when all that was going on uh i was at a protest and i you know I, I read signs and i'm walking backwards we're walking right there on mlk uh going past the uh the toyota center i guess it's still the toyota center the, the parking lot there and uh man i had to fight back tears you know i had to really fight back tears and, and i don't know if i really succeeded at fighting them back uh, all the way but um it's a situation where i realized damn they are really out here fighting for me they wow. are out here blocking the streets off for me mm. Mm. so it's just you know being a being a black photographer in this city and i know that's kind of what you asked me earlier it is it is rough because a lot of the times when you look through that lens you see a little somebody piece, that look like you you see a little piece of yourself mm. absolutely see a little, little piece of yourself so it's 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 not the easiest thing in the world uh you know it's not wow. it's, it's not just a job it's really not it's not just a job and it's easy to say uh i don't take this job home with me I do my best not to take it home with me, but it goes with me everywhere I go because it, it is me. Wow. Wow. Hmm. 
That's a side of Terrence I haven't seen. Hey, man, there's a lot of sides of Terrence you haven't seen, and some of them I hope you never do see. <laughs> I don't think I ever seen you crying on a story before. And, and you won't see me cry, Brandon. Uh, you know, there's, there's people, there's people yeah. that have been knowing me my whole life, 32 years uh, plus, has never seen me cry, and some of them same, some of those same people won't see me cry, so don't feel bad. Oh, wow. But, uh, oh, you know, wow. okay. I, I, there is definitely a, an, an emotional layer that I, that I keep... Uh, I keep back and sometimes it's not the best thing. Sometimes it's best to get it out. Uh but exactly. it's kind of it's kind of natural to try to fight it and hold it in and uh that's something you kind of have to do while you're working. You know, you can't you don't really you're not really afforded the opportunity to, to show a lot of emotion unfortunately. Hmm. Hmm. Mac Okay, now just to move along, guess now as we get ready to wrap this up, I guess I have a couple more questions. Okay. Um now, were you I, one question before the were you involved in that um, scene where the Brandon Weber story? Were you photographer during that event? <laughs> yes, I was, Brandon. And let me tell you what I did. Um, <laughs> so Kelly and I that, that night was crazy because because Kelly and I had already shot our story for that night. Uh, we had a story out in Olive Branch where this guy uh, this guy had paid someone to fix his pavement, and that guy beat him out of money. The guy was like a military vet and, you know, retired and, you know, cool little story. Cool story, bro. Uh, so we're on the way back in this, this um, like an F-150 just, I mean, drives past us so fast and it has blue, li- blue lights in the back. So they let you know it's an undercover vehicle that something's gone wrong if this car has lights on. <laughs> blue lights. And Kelly and I was like, that's not good. Uh, but we didn't think anything else about it. We literally got back to the station about five minutes after that, and our OEP Travis turns us around. He said, "Hey, something's going on in Fraser. We need it. we need everybody there." Um, mm. And Brandon Lau uh, had already been out there, and basically we learned that it was an officer-involved shooting. We didn't know the full details, but we knew that it was bad. So we get out there, and I mean, Brandon, I've I've never seen a scene that lit up, and I've gone to hundreds of them by now. Yeah. I've never seen a scene that big that far spread wow. out and I've never seen so many angry people in one spot mm. um, so we we drove around and we finally maneuvered our way around to where the biggest part of the crowd was and I remember telling Travis the EP at the time that I couldn't stay uh, mm. he said what do you mean so at this time I'm, I'm, hook, I'm hooked up to a backpack so they can see what I shoot and by the time I point my camera upward uh, one of the guys out there throws a brick into the crowd, which became a pretty, I guess, infamous shot that t- today show used it the next morning. Uh, throws a brick into the crowd and hits a cop. And he's like, oh shit, get out of there right now. Uh, yeah. so I, I literally wow. turned around and we walked back out. And on the way back out, man, I was getting some of the worst things said to me. Um, I had a guy tell me that he was going to knock that MF and camera out of my hand. Uh, little did he know if he knocked the MF and camera out of my hand, I was, that other hand was going to knock something out of him. But that's a different discussion. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that was that was wow. undoubtedly the craziest night of work I've had, for, with, without a doubt, craziest night of work I had. So many photographers and and, and reporters got attacked and um, um, you know they got intimidated. But yeah, you I remember was when that guy sure. got beat from Channel Three, Luke Jones. Yeah, yeah, Luke. Was, uh, he got punched Luke, uh, He took a bump. Uh, Luke is fine. He was he was fine. You know, a little bit after that, I think. Um, it was just it was just a yeah. rough night of work, man. We all did the best we could. Uh, my thing about that, Brendan, is and this is my rule for not only for that but for anything. My safety 
is first. My reporter mm-hmm. safety is first. I was not going to mm-hmm. let. I was not going to let Kelly get involved in that crowd. I was going to be involved in that crowd because Brendan, at the end of the day, my goal is to make sure that my nieces don't bury me. That's it. Mm. My goal wow. is to make sure my mom doesn't bury me. I can't have that happen. So wow. I'm not about to get caught in the crowd that um, that I know is, is that rambunctious. And like I said, we're the enemy when we go out there sometimes. Uh, we, all we're trying to do is our job. But we're the enemy because we're, we're the easy target. We're the easy punching bag. So... Uh, Nah, man, I couldn't stay in the crowd. And unfortunately, the ones that did, it didn't end well for them. Uh, we know mm. we, saw some, we saw some punches. We saw some some mics getting snatched. We saw some cell phones get snatched. Live on air. A lot of this happened live on air. Yeah, cussing uh, in the background and, you know, all yeah, types of FC. But Kelly and I, Kelly and I, we were able to put put forth a, uh, uh, a, I don't want to call it a good night because a young brother lost his life. And you know how I just explained how I feel about that. But we did our job tonight, and we did it as safely as we could. And I and I hang my hat on that. I don't give a damn what it looks like. If I can make it home, she can make it home. I'm okay that's with it. That's at, at that point. That's all that matters. Wow. Well, I mean, I I literally remember that night. That was yeah, that was crazy. That's why I asked you because I I don't know if you was out there, but I'm like my poor my poor photographer friends and my news folks that I've seen. That was rough. And yeah, it was rough, and it's just you know I I wish yeah. that I wish that things like that don't happen. I understand why that happened. You, all all they knew was that a young brother was killed by by an officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the details hadn't come out yet, and exactly. And I still don't know if a lot of people are okay with the details. That's that's for them to decide. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that it happened, but I don't like that I don't like for anybody to get shot and killed. Exactly. I feel the same way about that one as I do about it, about any of them. I wish that everybody would just be safe. Okay. And then my my final question for you, Taryn. You've done good so far. <laughs> I feel like yeah. you got a monkey wrench in here somewhere. What you got for me, Brittany? For other black men that's trying to get into TV news, whether it's behind the camera or in front of the camera, and I have a, a difficult time, just like how I have, literally applying over 50 over you know a lot of stations only a couple interviews and you and I even you remember when I came back to the station to check up on y'all I met with Brad and some other folks you know yeah the struggle is real for as honestly as I would even say the struggle is real for black men in TV even getting into TV news after graduating high after graduating college with a whole you know bachelor's degree and a whole honorable mention for an uh, Emmy. It's still yeah. hard for people like me. And like you said, it was hard for you. What would you tell them, and specifically even me? Although now, you know, I'm in a whole new career, still in broadcasting, kind of. But what would you tell people still two years later or two years down the road, still trying to get their first TV job? Um, one is to always make connections. Um, even you, you can't have enough connections. Keep making them, keep making them. Um, and two, you might have may have to be willing to make a sacrifice. You might have to take a job somewhere in a Tupelo, Mississippi, or a Jackson, Tennessee, or or a uh, Cleveland, Mississippi, or or you know, sometimes I think that there's one in Louisiana. I forgot the name of the town. My point is, you might have to go to a very much of a smaller station, especially if you if you have on camera aspirations. Um, mm-hmm. The the real issue, though, Brendan, is is kind of what I've alluded to earlier. Uh, all of those production jobs in a lot of places are gone. Uh, yeah. We had layoff here where we we killed a lot of jobs and everything is digital now. You pre- uh, 
Automated. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's automated. The director presses a button and, it, and everything falls into place. Uh, producers edit their own video. And it's just it's just a lot of the business is changing, right? Like the money's not the mm-hmm. same. So I, I don't want to discourage anybody. If it's your dream, if it's what you want to do, do not give up. Uh, but I do want to stress that the business is not the same now as it was five years ago in the standpoint of there's just not a lot of jobs in the building. But if you can well, find there's not a lot of black men. I don't think that's I don't think that's exclusive to TV though. I think that's just a, that's just in a lot of places. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, I don't I don't there's not one black manager in this building. This is a black city. I forgot the ratio, maybe like 70, 80 percent black. Uh, but there's not a, there's not a black manager in this building. Well, there's a black manager finally in Memphis, though. The black shout, the lady shout out, shouts out to uh, uh, Miss uh, Denisha. Uh, Channel twenty four, right? Yeah, Denisha. She's at, she actually used to work yes. twenty five, and she's a friend of a lot of people in this building. Uh, I've met her a few times. I never worked with her. She's always been nice mm-hmm. to me. And the last time she was here, I think we actually sat and talked for a while. Uh, so shouts out to her, man. Breaking breaking down barriers, moving the needle. That's what mm-hmm. we all have to do. That's what I'm doing right now, moving the needle. So the next the next person that comes along can do way better than what I did. But uh, <laughs> me, but my only sentiments to well, you and to people like you that are still trying to get into this business, if it's what you want to do, don't give up. That doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't mean don't make your money somewhere else. Make your money. Don't miss mm-hmm. a paycheck. Uh, but at the same time, and 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 also. Make sure that you are staying up on your on your writing, on your editing. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that no matter what job you do, you have to do that in some form. I myself even need to write more. Take some pictures, just edit some video, which I think you're doing that now with your with your cur- with my current job. job. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a good job, man. Congrats on that. Um, but it's, but it's, but you have to keep doing those things and make sure that you you refine them. Get somebody to look at your stuff, um, and maybe even still go out and shoot a reel or two. You know, you can still do that. And, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm telling you personally that if you need a real shot, I will help you. You just just let me know. Well, listen here, Test. I ain't even gonna lie. This this new job they got me like well, I'm gonna stay here for 25 years. And oh man, you got, the, you got those those city benefits. You better stay there. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I mean, I may hit you up on a. I may hit you up if Facebook is still a thing. 20 years from now, you know, be like, hey, I'm ready to get out of. This you, and I want to get back to you. So I mean, you know, you may hear from me twenty years from now, but I mean, honestly, after you know not having luck with TV for so long and not having this one big opportunity, I don't think I'm. Nah, I'm man. When I, when I saw you having the job, I was uh, I was really happy for you, uh, because yeah. honestly, honestly, Brendan, you have the job that a lot of people in TV try to get to. A lot of people didn't really. Yeah, a lot of people in TV try to get to those types of jobs, so that. They don't have to work on such tight deadlines, and they don't have to uh, come out in this inclement weather. Oh, so and I know Kendall Downing. I know Kendall Downing just Kendall Downing just left, and and you know that's just that's nature of the business. We see Jericho; she's doing big things with the uh, with with Shelby County School Board. Yeah, so we're not the board, but Shelby County Schools. Um, you know, it's 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 a great thing to be able to um. Get you know get get the uh the proverbial nine to five. Do, do you work nine I to five, Brenda? Literally nine to five. Well, no, eight thirty to five. <laughs> so it ain't even. I'm oh, I'm before the typical yeah, time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you get and you get city benefits. You you know what I get? <laughs> I get debt. That's what I get. Debt and a part time job. Wow. I mean, you know, we gotta do what we gotta do, though, Terrence. You know. 
Yeah, hey, yeah. I, I'm, I am enjoying life, Brendan. I, I won't complain about it, man. It could be worse. We went through a whole pandemic last year, and I didn't miss a pandemic. So I can't complain. Right, we're still living, and you're still exercising, sweating, and being on Instagram Live, looking mean. And That's right. And you've also doing That's podcasts. right, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about... Yeah, man, I've, uh, I've, you know, just a little bit about that. I've, uh, I'm going to be rebranding that pretty soon. Uh, so we'll be coming back at you with that in a, probably in a week or so. Uh, so be on the lookout for it. And what is your promote your podcast? This is your opportunity to let me promote your podcast. What is your oh, podcast? Uh, hey, uh, if, if, if anybody's out there that, that, that's looking for a good sports podcast, uh, myself, my co host Jarvis Jeffries, uh, the great debate show, we are on every platform imaginable Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from, the, uh, the, the great debate show is there. And we just keep it, re- keep it real about sports, man. You know, we're not out here trying to be comedians or anything. Uh, but we just keep it real, man. Just two local guys that love to talk about sports. And as y'all hear it, and what I'm gonna do for you, you share a link with me to your podcast, and I'm gonna podcast in my podcast just for you. Okay, all right. Me. Hey, we'll do that then. That, that's, now that's a deal, Brenda. I've been waiting all night for you to make a deal with me, man. It took 57 minutes and five seconds into this show for you to make a deal with me. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I told you I was gonna bring your parents, and I finally. And at first it was going to be about something. I didn't know what I was going to talk about at first. And I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about Terrence being a black photographer. Then while I'm magic, you remember then I had to post to the next day. And it, everything was... Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, and I, I got to get yeah. out here and I got to do a little work. But yeah, Brendan, it's, it's been it's real, man. And, uh, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll even bring you on my show at, at some do. point when I get it back going on. Please do. But, Terrence, thank you so much, and good luck with this weather out here. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. You be safe out there. All right. Okay. All right. Again, I just wanted to take the time to thank Terrence for joining Chats with B-Wise edition. It's been fun. It's been real. Stay tuned. I will be back next Monday for some motivation if you love motivational moments and I also do Facebook shout outs as well thank you you all have a great night and if you're in Memphis please be safe stay off the roads mask up get vaccinated when the vaccines are available and just keep living thank you and I'm so blessed I've had this opportunity